Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod brought to you in proud partnership with our friends at Guinness. We're partnering with them all season running competitions, giveaways and much more and we're putting on regular live shows with Guinness in pubs across the UK and Ireland as well and we've got several coming up in London and Cardiff with details being announced shortly so just keep an eye out on social media and if you're listening to us on iTunes right now make sure you're actually subscribed um, so you get the pod a few hours before everyone else just go to iTunes um, and click on the subscribe button. Subscribe. Subscribe. Goody's here with me as usual today. And Big Jim's back. Yes, I am. No Joe Marler though. Thankfully. After Thank the media. Mean, thankfully. He was brilliant last week, very honest. Well, I listened to it. I just got hung out to drive by the press. It was mm. so funny. I was watching it. I actually listened to it. I was driving in France and I listened to it and I was like, ho, 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 that's going to make some waves. And didn't it? I, listen, I, I said it on uh, on Twitter and I'm. Uh, it's just one of those things. You've got a guy here opening up about anxiety and you're talking about things that people want to hear. People want to hear rugby players, professional sportsmen, ex-professional sportsmen, just giving the truth about what happens. And then all the press are like, oh, he deliberately got red carded so he can't play for England. I mean, what a bunch of... But the, to be fair... What a bunch of dinosaurs know, some but, of those press but, are. But Goody, mm. to be fair to the press... Not to be fair to and the press. To, to, to Adam Spunk. What's, Adam Spink or Spunk? What's his name? <laughs> Alex Spink. Alex Spink. Fair play to Alex Spink, mate. I'm with him. You're, you're being a dick now, Jim. Because you don't like Joe Marlowe. Oh, no, I do like Joe. He's mate, bullied I you. Mate, I don't... Our, our relationship is warming. It really is. And I've got... I'm the same as you. I've got huge respect for him coming on here and saying that because I know what he's trying to say. Was it taken out of context? 100%. Yes, but... Yeah, and then it's funny, actually. I tweeted, I said, it's amazing how all these dinosaur hacks, journos, whatever you want to call them, you know, they've belittled us on the podcast. A couple of them. Name their names. Oh, you all listen to it, though, don't you? Mate, I don't know. You know, we, we are turning into credible media now. We don't swear as much and... Bollocks. We don't, we, we don't talk about penises as much. Oh. But yeah, it's good to be back. I know you missed me. Uh, where did we get to last week in the charts? Two. <laughs> Well, sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm back. Where, where have you been? You're in Hong Kong. I, I, tell me, looking at me now, how do I look? You, you're seriously ill, aren't you? Yeah, I don't State feel great. I don't feel great. I have had maybe the worst two days of my life. Really? <laughs> Shall I talk you through it? Yeah, go. Missed last week, obviously. Went to Hong Kong. Uh, and I was speaking. I got invited. I'm an ambassador for the Hong Kong Rugby Union. Got invited to speak at the long lunch. It's a pretty... It's a big thing. That, yeah, it's a big there. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got like the sevens, which everyone knows about. And then you've got the long lunch, which is kind of... I say the precursor, it's obviously a few months before the sevens. Jim, do you want to be guest speaker? I was like, bloody hell, big deal. Yes, please. Left the UK on Tuesday. I can't even remember what day it was. Anyway, on Thursday, went to went to a dinner, didn't do anything, didn't go out. So my body clock was still, still in sync with the UK and I thought, right, well, th- this is good because I'm only here for like 48 hours, maybe a little bit more. So I'm going to look after myself. Wife's like, what kind of state are you going to rock home? And I said, look, I'm, I'm only going to have a few drinks. I'm not, I'm not going to go out and go mad. Anyway. Fast forward, okay, limp forward to the Friday long lunch. Lunch starts at 12. I'm on at 1 o'clock. So I'm nervous. So I'm nervous as hell before the speech. So I've had about four or five Guinnesses before I've gone on. When he says four, he means one. Calm the nerves, get up there. And basically, it was like the speech of all speeches. You've got Mandela, (laughs) you've got got Churchill, and you've got Michael McIntyre sketches, and then you've got Jim Hamilton at the long lunch. I've absolutely smashed it. That's not me saying that. That's the people buying me drinks after. Well, let's talk about the, the speech, actually, because I had a good mate in the crowd. And what did he say? Well, he sent me a picture saying, this kid can't live without you. As you're speaking, you've got a picture of me next to you on stage, haven't you? Well, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away, because if you want to book me, <laughs> and then you can see <laughs> what the speech is about. But anyway, th- this is what it's about. So the speech is there, but now it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's still very early. I reckon I'm 15, 15 drinks deep. And it, you're at the turning point then, aren't you? So I'm with John Barkley. Again, that's five. So I'm with John Barkley. And we get to a stage and later on in the evening, it's like, mate, what are we doing? He's like, well, I'm heading back. Next thing, group of lads walk into this bar. Big Jim, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> and they start buying me, oh, they yeah. start buying me drinks. Now, now. Who's the freak? Now, now, now th- th- this is the part. This is the part why my wife hasn't been speaking to me for the last two days. So, fast forward to seven o'clock the next morning, right? Seven o'clock the next morning, it's about midnight. Wife's gone out with some friends. So, it's seven o'clock the next morning. In Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. My flight is at two o'clock. So, my flight's in a few hours' time. And I'm FaceTiming the wife. Shirt's been ripped open. By? And I, I've no idea. Oh. I've no idea. And I'm FaceTiming the wife in my hotel room with some random bloke who is naked. So we're both naked. Oh, in the, we're both naked in the bedroom. Jim. And I'm FaceTiming my wife with this bloke. 
My yeah. wife, who's this Are bloke? You want to tell us? No. Oh, okay. No. no. Yeah. Turns out he is a friend of my wife's sister. And he's in a room with me. I have no idea, right? So it's now 7, 8 o'clock. I'm FaceTime my wife. So it's all legit, all good. So nothing to hide. Could have probably hidden some of those things, probably, I would have thought. So the wife is there. Jim, you're flying at two. You need to set your alarm clock. And it's one of them where, you know, you've got your one eye clock. You can't concentrate. So she's, like, screenshotting the thing of me. Like, no, like me and this naked guy next to me. Me trying to set my alarm. Absolutely not. Next Decent thing, piece on him? Out of a bush? Matt, I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> Matt, I couldn't even tell you. You know, he could have had tits like you, and I wouldn't have even known. <laughs> and next thing I know, wake up in the morning. Tell me you've missed your flight. I've missed the flight. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I've missed the flight. Absolutely devastated. So I go down. So we're, I'm staying on the on the rooftop of the Grand Hyatt Hotel. So we're staying. So you get the, there's a reception. There's another reception. Like you're talking VIP, right? And I'm not even joking when I say this. So it'd been cornered off this this place. I thought it was for me, but it turns out there was like Chinese delegates and stuff staying stay there. So in order for me to get into my room of 10, there was 10 different rooms. You had to go through a security process. Apparently... This is what the reception tell me. Apparently, I'm walking around the corridors at 8 o'clock in the morning, in my pants, pretending to be a sniper. No, Jim. Absolutely steaming. <clears throat> i got four kids at home. I'm 35 years old. Have you learned their names yet? Mate, it's not even about that. Actually, what, when you miss your flight, what do you do? Well, I had to ring the CEO from Cathay, and he answered and said, Jim, the hero, is this the, the hero from yesterday's... Look, I said, Matt, I've missed my flight. He said, that happens a lot. He said, you'll be on the first-class flight tonight, don't worry. You'll be on the first-class... The first first-class flight out of here. So I've got to give a big shout-out to Cathay Pacific, my mate Martin Murray, Simon Large. Thank you so much, because... Divorce was on, the. it was basically, if I didn't get on that flight, I don't know whether I would still have a wife today. So my wife, I love you. <laughs> JJ, I'm sorry I missed taking you to rugby on the Sunday. Oh, I mean, man, that's yeah, terrible. Oh, that, that, all life No, it was the baggage, it was the baggage handlers. I didn't get the frigging bags out in time at Heathrow. <laughs> Uh, but I'm available for bookings, as I said. And, um, and your missus has gone absolutely wild. To be fair to her, she understands that. She knows you're an absolute helmet, doesn't she? <sighs> You know, joking aside, I've never, ever been so dark. Really? It was more the fact that I, I might have had to have flown. In economy. In economy, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was what I was most dark about. Goody, how was your week, mate? Uh, what have I been doing? Saturday? I saw you had your twins racing. Have you got them like a, some sort of sports academy at your house That's or something? All with right. a... God, we got these right. two. We've got these two dog walkers. Jim doesn't even know his twins' name. Do you notice he only apologised to JJ as well? One of his four well, children. No, well, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know the other three. He doesn't know who they are. He was the one I was meant to take to rugby, Goody. <laughs> He's the favourite. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, what did I do? Saturday, I was up at Wasps. Less said about that, that the better. Well, no, I'm we'll sure we'll get talk to about that. Saturday night. Banging game, commentated on Toulouse against Agen. 100% the worst game I've ever commentated on in my life. To the point of uh, about 60 minutes, I said, if you're still watching with us, you've done very well. And then it was my brother's 40th yesterday, so... Uh, Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, mate. And then we did some racing last night with the twins. Got to get the twins going at each other. Mate, stop talking about the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I Please. Love my, I love my kids, Jim. I spend lots yeah, of time I, with I, them. I love them so much. I love my wife. <laughs> We're going to get on to the Premiership action shortly. Uh, but first of all, thanks a lot to Rugby Pass for their help with the pod again this season. You can watch this podcast on their website together with loads more great content. So head to rugbypass.com and take a look. Don't forget to check out our Superfan subscription service on Patreon as well. Last month, we had one-on-one interviews with Joe Marler and Wayne Barnes, plus Jim's X-rated bedtime story. And... We've got an interview with BT commentating legend Nick Mullins coming up uh, and lots more coming soon as well. For just the price of a pint a month, you can get all that extra content, benefit from being added to our pre-release list for details on live shows and being with the chance to come into the studio to watch the show being recorded. Like Lewis, our superfan, who's our first superfan here actually, he's in today. Uh, most importantly, you'll be able to help support the pod do more this season. So head to patreon.com forward slash a rugby pod to find out more. Let's have a look at the Premiership. Northampton 15, Leicester 23. What did you guys make of that game? Did it live up to the expectation and the hype? Don't look at me. I didn't watch any rugby, <laughs> mate. I didn't watch any rugby. I've been watching a dark hole. I did watch uh, one of the games. Watched the Bristol. I'm sure we'll come on to that. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it was... Obviously, it was all about Rob Horn mm. and um, supporting him and, and obviously the injury and stuff. So, brilliant to see so many people at Twickenham. The weather was horrendous. Yeah. Saturday was hammering down with rain. So it, it just, it was one of those games that it wasn't ever a great spectacle, but Leicester actually showed a lot of bite in terms of the old gnarly Leicester way. Okay, um, let's see what he's done there. You yeah. are, mm. what are these called? Innuendos? Yes. Love it. Um, and 
Northampton made loads of errors. Scrum was good, wasn't it? So Coley played one in the scrum. I mean, I'm questioning his legality of scrummaging. Oh, he was, stop being horrible well, to him. He was going in on a massive angle, but he hosed the life out of Alex Waller. Really? Yeah. And to me, it looked like he was just going in at Dylan Hartley as hooker. I know nothing yes, about good lad. Good lad. But every time the ref was giving him penalties and Alex Waller go. was like... What can I do? But yeah, Cole, in those days when it's wet, you manage the game, you know, you, you, you win that scrum battle, then you're going to win the game, aren't you? Um, and Ford, how did he go? Uh, did all right. Well, he created a hell of a try. Did he? Yeah, inadvertently. Got a kick charge down <laughs> and it fell to Jonah Holmes and Jonah Holmes went pretty much the length and put Oliver Feller through, I think it was that try. Um, no, listen, Jonah Holmes was two brilliant bits of play to create two tries and that was a difference really yeah. Bigger missed a few kicks uh, Leicester were pretty good in defence but Northampton made loads of errors uh, handling errors got to play the conditions stop playing your own half when it's pissing down the rain um, and Leicester managed it all much better and that's, deserved, a, big, that's a big winner yeah deservedly got the win it's a, it's a big statement and Jordan Murphy said that after the game how good were Worcester or were Bristol just rubbish mate I've, Jim. I've, I've been talking at Worcester all season mate I, <laughs> Jim, have, I have Jim you said Worcester were going down so without a shadow of a doubt so did you Don't, let's not talk about that so all, did you. it's a great week for Worcester actually because they in the week uh, they announced the new takeover David Seymour's part of that. Mate, it's David Seymour. Like, did Marla mention it last week? Did he? Is he absolutely loaded or what? How's he, how's he buying out Worcester? He's mates with the rich bloke that's, out, that's bought it. Smart. Yeah, very smart. So it's a good week, obviously, off the field. And then you get a bounce back, don't you? So the players... You get a thank you. Yeah, the players understand. Hey, we're definitely getting paid for the next couple of years. Woohoo! Uh, fair play. Worcester were phenomenal. Some of the rugby they played. Ryan Mills is a brilliant player. Always said it. Always yeah. said, look back through my tweets, I talking that guy. I saw him played with him at Gloucester. Hugard was brilliant as well, of course. They were just a different, in a different league to Bristol's, weren't they? What about my neighbour? Marco Mama. Mama! I love yeah. a try, mate. Good over ball. Made a bucket load of tackles. I think he made 28, 28 tackles. 28 tackles. 28 tackles. Mate, he would, he, would, he would quality. Joke aside against a very good Bristol back row with Latua in there. Latua. <laughs> what I kind of say his name. <laughs> oh, they had Latua and George Smith. <laughs> they had a decent well team out, didn't they? Mate, they did, yeah. Mate, I thought I was, joking aside, I did watch a bit of the game and I was very impressed with Worcester. On the flip side of that, Bristol were awful. They were awful. And in what is probably... In this first half of the season, Bristol's biggest game. Well, it was their first the team. It was, and it was Bristol's yeah. proper first team. Worcester were very clinical. Every opportunity they got, they scored. Yeah. They got the bonus point by half time. And you look at the Bristol team John O'Farrell played, Harry Thacker, uh, Lua Tua, Jack Lamb, George Smith, Andy Wee- uh, sorry, Andy Urin, uh, Ian Madigan, Morahan, Leoa, Zane Kirchner. All they're missing is Charles Piertel, the fullback. And they got absolutely hosed. And that's, that's a massive confidence dent for them. And the Premiership now is very tight, obviously. You look at all the team, Newcastle bottom. Oh mate, what's um, going on? Well, they've had they've had a tough run of games. To be mate, fair to them, mate. Yeah, it doesn't look good. No, you know, but you, you could end up being fourth or twelfth in the Premiership, or may, maybe not, maybe sixth or twelfth at the minute. And every team will be thinking, "Oh, we're okay, we're okay." But there's not those teams at the bottom now. And Bristol, maybe with that fifty point hosing, you go into a European. Imagine you Worcester now going into a European break. You know, I think Hugard's already saying he's off on holiday somewhere. Whereas Bristol are thinking we've just taken fifty points. Mm, better put. Can't put the shags out now. Can't put the mixed veg out. We've got to go and try and get some momentum back. See the red card? Yeah, Bowers won. Mate, what about Will Hurrell, mate? He's gone down like a sack of spuds, mate. He didn't, he didn't need to go down like that. Did he not? Well, Austin said on comms that he thought it was a joke and Benny thought it was a red card. It's a red card. It's a red card all day long. Is it, but it, Will, oh, 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 Will oh. Hurrell, fellow Kovskin, he's a Kovskin. Mate, if you're from Kov... You don't go down like that. Do you, you don't. Do you remember his brother? Wobbit. Yeah, yeah right. Wobbit. He used to pick me up in his Voxel Astra from the house. Wobbit. I used to thought, think he was a legend. Yeah, really? Voxel Astra, I was like, how cool is that car? They could be able to take me to Leicester. And now but... what are you driving now? Ford X-Max? No, I've got a Land Rover Discovery, uh, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mate, guest speaker, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, red car, may as well talk about it. Yeah, it, I mean, it didn't have an effect on the game, obviously, but it's a red all day long. Austin was like, that's never a red car. I was like, mate, he's putting an elbow in his head. Dan Sargent's asked us on Twitter, uh, who's getting relegated now? Are you sticking with Worcester? Because, of course, you know, Sale beat Newcastle 27. We mentioned they're at the bottom of the league as well. I don't know, mate. At the beginning of the season, it was still hard to call, wasn't it? Like, we, we never knew. And I never thought Newcastle would be bottom now. Like, I actually, I don't think Quinn's are that good either. And I know they got beat by Saris and they, they rocked up. Mate, leave Quinns alone. You're horrible. I, I just don't think they are, mate. I'm being, I'm being honest. But Northampton weren't great. I tipped Northampton to finish fourth. Sale ain't great. Bristol's, Newcastle. It's really tough to go. And you know what? You look at the Premiership now and actually what's going to happen at the bottom of the league between sixth and twelfth is realistically more interesting now than, you know, Saracens Exeter are finished from first and second without a shadow of a doubt. 
And then there's a bit of a scrap for third and fourth between the likes of Wasps, Gloucester. Mate, what's happening at Wasps? We always have fallen off, mate. What, we lost one game at home oh, to Gloucester? It's, just, it's without, been coming. We, had, we didn't have Sopawanga, we didn't have Launchbury, we didn't have... It's been coming, uh, though. Dan Robson went it's off been injured. Coming. It's been coming, mate. We're all right. Don't you worry about us, though. You reckon? You, you know, worry about yourself us. and your kids. It's all about us. Um, but no, it is interesting. And, you know, anyone, anyone could go down this year. So, who, who do you reckon? So if you're calling it now, who's going down, Goody? Let's start again. Bristol's. I'm going Bristol. On That's their best team at the weekend, bar Charles Piertau. I can't. I don't. Him. I don't see their squad depth being good enough. I, I think Piertau is as good. If I don't know, he's is amazing. He, is he as good as Gonover? But I think Gonover single-handedly got Newcastle where they were last season. Yeah, and, and Newcastle overachieved last year, and other yeah. teams underachieved. But, hugely. Yeah, I know. But all I'm saying is, is I think Piertau's got that much influence on that team that he's gonna have to well that he can single-handedly pull games out close yeah. games by one-off bits of magic but there we go i don't know i mean who's going down quins <laughs> <laughs> what, horrible. Did, what, what did you what did you make of the performance against series on the weekend what about that try no i'm not on about billy's try celebration which i love by the I way i loved it as well but which th- try are you on about this is what we spoke Marchins. about yeah marchins but this is what we spoke about didn't we I mean, it's that close to the very end, and there's five points difference at the end of the game between Harlequins and Sarah. Where are you all season, Quins? I've said it, and I'll say it. it's the cup final. The difference is this time is Sarah's didn't put out you didn't the Shags. Play. You didn't play, Jim. They, you know, they, they went full noise, and it just shows you that that's the level that you've got to be at every week to be a very good team. And that will Gustav be happy? I think he'll be happy with the performance, but he'll also be extremely frustrated that the guys can't do that every week. That's the difference between Harlequins and My Saracens. Oh, My Saracens now, is it? My yeah, Saracens. back there? I thought you well, left It can there. be ours. It can be you playing Saris as well. Yeah. Um, did you win four trophies? That's, no. that, that's the thing. You didn't win any. I won four. You had, you had no part in any of them apart from sticking your match shirt on right. number 23, John Terry. This is the difference, Goody. I believe it's a team thing. You're an individual. <laughs> You know, you're an individual. I'm a just, I'm the ultimate team man. What did you make of the individual performances of the Vanapola brothers? You know, Billy for me is in the top two or three players in the world. Is he at that level yet? No, but he's probably still in the top ten. So in terms of where he can get to or where he will be, he's probably not at that level. But he's always going to, mate. He, he always carries. He saw Alex Anderson's interview at the end. How big a influence he's off the pitch as well. Yeah, and he plays with a smile on his face. He loves playing ruggers. And if you were that good and that big and that powerful. Weren't we all? He, he was amazing. Um, and you, you look at the game, actually, and yeah, people are saying it was a close game and it was 25-20. The, the weather was a bit of a leveller. But also, you look at possession stats. I think Saracens had something like 65% possession against Quinns' 35. And two of the tries that Harlequin scored were opportunists. So Danny Kerr gets the intercept, which brilliant read by him, defensive read. But it's I'm just going to go for it. And I'm, I've, I've made a great read and play and I scored a try. The other one was Marchant's try from the kick at goal. And you take those out... Could it have been more comfy for Saracens? Did Billy knock the ball on as well, over the line or not? Yeah, Billy was brilliant, actually. So he's going for a try. He's tried to dive over a ruck and place the ball. Uh, and the referee's blown his whistle. Oh, I'm going to have to have a look at this. And Billy went, don't worry about looking at it. I've knocked it on. <laughs> it's, not, it's definitely not a try. <laughs> don't, please don't show it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he's probably he's probably doing it to say, please, it's just embarrassing. Don't yeah. show it. But he was very honest and great sportsmanship. And then, and then, did, the, did the ref look at it? No. Off, he, he no, didn't. he just went, Billy said he's knocked it on, so let's give the scrum. Here we go again. Marrow got 100 caps. 100 Hashtag games. humble man. I think the is, lads is are questioning Well, the lads are questioning it now. I don't know. He don't speak to me anymore. Were you guys impressed by Cipriani's return to the Rico? Yeah, he played well. You know, the, the try he creates for Velicott. Unbelievable vision. He sweeps around the corner, sees... Oh God, it was one of the front rowers. I can't I think it might have been Kieran Brooks. Probably hanging him out to dry there. But yeah, mate. We'll just say Kieran he's, he's just rinsed around someone on the outside. The disappointing thing for me is, who's the quickest player in the Wasp team? Daly. Nope. Yes. Christian Wade. Okay. So Cipriani goes around the corner. Wade is at the end of that defensive line. And Wade's just jogging. So Di Young, after the game, has said, we were, we were one pace. Our effort was lacking and all this stuff. And, you know, Elliot Daly and... Dan Robson, I think, at the start, do their best to try and get back and make the tackles. But what a bit of skill from Cipriani. Makes the break, interplay, one-two, pass him, uh, and then... Uh, was, that, be- was, that, was that the kick he put Beautiful through? kick in. Yeah. Uh, I, he probably I, could have finished it himself. Oh, I don't know. He looked square it, wheels. It, he could have slid in, I reckon, and, and finished it himself. But he puts a, a wonder kick in that only... I'm, I'm going to say as a fly-off in the Premier League, only he thinks about doing that when you're in that sort of space. Yeah, mate, I thought it was brilliant. Pretty, pretty and he, you know, I, I tweeted about it, he's different gravy at times. Mate, and, you're loving him at the minute. And how you're all over I just him. on form, mate, you've got to pick him. And Eddie, are you okay? He's not picking him. Is he be- is he playing better than George Ford at the minute? Yes. Okay. Well, we can get an inside view on the game at, at the Rico as well now. 
We've got Wasp Scrum Half Dan Robson on the line. How's things, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. What did you make of Goody's assessment of uh, those tries? Yeah, pretty accurate, to be fair. Nips is dangerous at the best of times. We gave him a lot of space at the weekend and too much open play. And, you know, we know firsthand how much havoc he can create. And, Dan, obviously, looking at that, you know, we all know what Sips is like in attack. You boys played with him for a couple of years. Talking about him before the game, you must have been saying, you know, don't show him an outside break if you're a you know, the outside defender. And it seemed that that's what we did, really, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, we spoke about putting him, putting him under pressure, getting him in space. But you know, sometimes if you miss time, that he, he can kind of cut you open as well. Um, if you go up in ones and twos, and, and that happened a couple of times. So you know, we got we got him a few times, but yeah, like you said, he's he's kind of got the, the gas to go on the outside too. Dan, uh, before we get into any more rugby, I just wanted to touch on a, a little bit of something that I think we need to speak about. It's coming into a very tough period for you personally. Um, the rain's coming in and it's coming in hard. And we've seen the thinning of hair of yours throughout the summer months. How do you feel about the rain coming in now, which is going to accentuate the boldness? Yeah, it's, it's not a good time for me. Especially with this new screen we've got. Honestly, Jim, you should see it. The, the biggest screen the... we've got, the Rico. The, oh, the yeah, the biggest screen there. in the Premiership, it, isn't it? And we've got a huge screen. It is, it's honestly for me. Well, I go back a couple of years, started quite a few years ago actually. I remember I, I tweeted Dan a couple of years ago, played in the sevens and dominated uh, at the start of the year and he was running that fast, his hair blown off. <laughs> Hasn't grown back yet. Mate, I know a man, I know a man that can help you out, buddy. Well, Dan, don't worry about that. I've got that much influence in Coventry that I can get that big screen taken down if need be. But um, <laughs> let's just uh, talk a bit about your injury. I know you don't want to give us too many details, but um, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, stands today. So, um find out a bit more tomorrow morning and then specialist on Wednesday to kind of assess. And how, uh, obviously you've been in training today, what massive week coming up, uh, Leinster uh, away on Friday night. We've got some boys coming back up. We saw when I was with Brad Shields at the weekend. Uh, he, yeah, reckon, yeah. he reckons he's going to be fit. Sops and Launcher is going to be fit as well? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I had a little bit of a niggle last week, so hopefully he should be all right. And then uh, I think, think Launcher was, was if he got through training today and so fingers crossed for that well can you tell Sops as well that I was hoping that he'd get fit as well soon as well <laughs> and launch <laughs> yeah and launches they're, you know, they're my favourite uh, so Dan let's talk a little bit about England as well has Eddie Touch uh, Eddie Touch Eddie Jones been in touch with you lately or touched you as it well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he probably has. But how's your how's your involvement been? You know, we've been pushing for you as well. Not that we have any influence whatsoever about being in the England squad, but how, how's it been your kind of first few involvements? No, it's, it's been good to be fair. You know, the last couple of camps have been good to kind of get a bit of consistency for me, like going into camp. Um, last like three or four selections. So, yeah, it's, it's been good. You know, I've had some good chats with Eddie. He's, he's given me some stuff to work on, some stuff that I'm doing well, um, and, and just to keep plodding along, really, and, and keep working hard. Uh, and uh, just looking forward to this weekend what's been said it was a tough game at the weekend against Gloucester looking to bounce back I'm sure this week you know we, we just spoke about Leinster away first game there's not a real better opportunity for us to kind of make up for that result at the weekend than, than going for the European champions and, and really putting in a good performance uh, and then just talking about what's again and training and, and WhatsApp groups and stuff like that is it true that you've been transferred from the attack WhatsApp group to the defence WhatsApp group and what's that, <laughs> what does that mean is there abuse <laughs> on there I know it's uh we got a new defence coach obviously this year and you know our roles in, in defence have changed and we're quite involved um, in the front line now so yeah it's just it's just quite good to kind of get a different perspective on things Dan you played with Jim at Gloucester didn't you any any stories from your time playing with the big man oh, I was in the academy when Jim was at Gloucester he never thanks me oh mate you're oh, such a shit boy, Jim. no I'm not well, just talk to the academy players <laughs> well Dan can I just ask though when you left uh, Gloucester did you get baptised or not yeah you did. Do you, want, do you want to explain what that is? Because that that was I brought that in as captain. No, I, th- I think you should. I think you should explain that, Jim. Yeah, I will do. When you're off the air, mate, I'll, I'll let, let them know what happens. He got baptized. Oh, that boy's hair fell off. Then he got yeah, baptized in exactly. the, the yeah. beer. And, oh, I'm okay. sorry, mate. I'm sorry. You're all right. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for joining us, mate, and best of luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thank you. Cheers, coming on, mate. Cheers, Dan. Cheers. Silly wheels. He's got silly wheels. Scored a lovely try at the weekend mm. as well. I want to hear about the baptism though. Well, basically, if you left Gloucester and there was a big turnover of players when I was there, we, not me, maybe I, I don't know, came up with this concept that basically instead of chopping a pint or whatever before you leave and and tell a story, you'd get baptised, which basically meant you you were plunged into an ice bucket head first with the lads holding you upside down and you'd baptise drink, 
baptised it and basically you got your head dunked under about 15, 20 times. Then you had to chop a pint and then it happened again. So, Leds, eh? Hey, lads, you, you, had to be, you had to be there. You had to be there. But I'm sure there's a, a Powerade. It could be a Gatorade bucket in Gloucester with a handful of Dan Robson's hair. So he's a good player. A handful of Dan Robson's hair. He's a good player. He's a quality player. And to be fair, this season he's been exceptional, hasn't he? Last year he was the best nominee in the Premiership, hands down. I'd have him on the bench for England any day of the week. You know, Dan, Dan's probably, you know, he'll listen to this and he'll want to start. He's the sort of player, and Danny Kerr does it well for England, So, maybe, you know, and people question Danny Kerr sometimes when he starts for England, does he have the same impact? Because when he has started, it hasn't gone as well uh, for him as when he's come off the bench. But Dan Robson's electric. He's got ludicrous pace in and around the breakdown, sniping ability, gets underneath defenders as well. And he's a tough bugger, mate. Yeah, he is. Puts his head where it hurts. Can you say that these days? Yeah, brilliant player, brilliant bloke. Just a terrible lid. It's unfortunate. He actually brushes it forward. It is unfortunate, isn't it, with the the wet weather coming in, when you've got... I used to hate it. it it. Just slick it back. (laughs) Slick it back. Should we have a look at some of the news that's floating around at the moment? We've already discussed uh, Ryan Bauer's uh, rig card, haven't we? uh, Did you see Liam Missums? Yeah, I did. What'd you make of it? That's red all day long. Come on, what did he do? He's just absolutely belted. He's he's a big back rower, Liam. Really physical. And if you're hitting at the height where your shoulders are, you're going to get caught out. You're going to ha- bang someone in the ch- on the chin. He, he's tackle, shoulder into someone's chin. Yeah. He doesn't sink. And it's the whole thing. We talk about it over and over and over. You'll watch it, Jim, and you'll go, oh, that's not a red card. But the letter of the law, it's a red all day long. And, right. you know, players have got to change their habits. And half the people will look at it and go, that's soft. But you've got to be vigilant in where you, you, your tackle targets are and you've got to lower them. Otherwise, you're going to get red carded. It's starting to agree with you, good. It's not rocket science, boys and girls. Stuart Holding's red card. Yeah, um, oh, it doesn't look great, does it? It's you know, again, it's a red card. It it's probably a lot looks a lot worse than it actually is because of the momentum that he spins over with, and you know he, he flips and the legs go everywhere in the air and he lands on his back head. Whatever, it's a red card. Um, I don't. It's not a tackle where he's picked him up and deliberately tried to drill him into the floor. Who did he tackle? Some French bloke in Pro <laughs> I'm trying uh, to look at his name, but it's uh, ridiculous. Guillaume Lagrafongi. <laughs> Lagrafonga yeah, 30. I think you nailed it. Guillaume Lagrafonga. Oh, Guillaume Laforge, but don't oh. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch any of the rugby championship over the weekend? No. Nah. Jim? Move, move on. No, mate. No. No, I, I mean, I, I read up on it today. How are you meant to watch all this rugby? I've got four kids that I need to look after. <laughs> four <laughs> kids that you've not seen in a week. <laughs> exactly. Because you've had the beer fear oh, in Hong Kong. No, mate. I was, yeah, I've not seen it. But New Zealand had a good comeback. Australia, biggest ever by a mile from 24 points down versus Jim, stop Argentina. Reading. Stop reading. <laughs> the intensity. What comeback? 30 points to 13 down, was it? Yeah. South Africa are good. If they rock up at Twickenham with that intensity, we could be in trouble. Look at Andy Rowe, he wants in, look, he wants in. Go on, go on, what have you got? Go on. I had a cheeky tenner on... uh, Bloody £10. Half-time draw, All Blacks to win. So you put a whole £10 on it? I put £10 on, got 260 I was going to say, that'd be decent odds, that. It's six all, was it? Six all at half-time? Six all at half-time. All right. So I was freaking out in that second half. It was good though. So you want 260 English pounds? Yeah, it was nice. I'd love to see you freaking out. Like, what happens when you freak out? Do you like get all giggly or whatever? Well, you've seen like, it. What Karate kicking and all sorts. We've, yeah, do you? Seen, yeah. we've seen it in New Zealand, mate. <laughs> oh, we have, Eat yeah. a bowl of cat food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bag of crisps start at five in the morning and take, start kung fu kicking people in the pub. <laughs> takes the glasses off. You're like Superman. Like Clark yeah. Kent. Take in them his, on. In his... <laughs> 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 in his tracksuit <laughs> bottoms and shoes <laughs> let's move on to the Champions Cup then shall we uh, it's, uh, who, who's your money on to win this season I mean there's a few names you can chuck around uh, Leinster Saracens Exeter can they carry their form into the into the competition what, who are you guys looking at for me it's between Saracens and Leinster yeah I'd, I'd, I'd love to see Exeter actually perform better than they have in recent years but I can't see past Leinster Saris I mean, who else? Like now, it's not one of them where, saying this, you might come through and Leon might win it, but I just don't think you're going to see someone come out of the middle of nowhere now. I think it's it's just too tough a game now. There's, you know, the top 14 is very tough. Pro 14 is very competitive. And the premiership we've spoken about, like, you know, Saris are your out-and-out performers there and you want to see extra do well. You know, Wasps can, if everyone's fit. Maybe. Well, Wasps, we've got a tough group. You know, we go away to Leinster first game. You know, I don't hold out much hope for this Friday. Like um, Munster haven't performed really this season where they probably needed a really big start to the season off the back of Leinster whitewashing everything. You just know that Munster, last couple of years, they've got back to some decent form in Europe, haven't they? Scarlets, maybe? No. Nah. Montpellier? You know, Mont- Montpe- Montpellier have got the players. Yeah, like. Montpellier could beat any team on their day, but their, their pedigree in, in Europe hasn't been 
great. I think they've got an easy group, though. That's the thing. I look at it and... With well, they've got Fal- Falcons, Edinburgh and Toulon. Well, we can catch up with a member of the all-conquering Leinster side that won the Champions Cup last season. Jack McGrath's on the line. How are you, Jack? How are you, lad? Good, very, boss man. Very good, Jack. Very good. Mate, I've heard all the Leinster team, they're big followers and big listeners of the rugby pod. Am I right in saying that or not? Never heard of us. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of them like us, but Devon Toner absolutely despises Jim Hamilton. Is that true? I don't know if he knows who you are, mate. <laughs> oh, come on. I've had enough of this now. I've had enough of this now. I remember I was walking down the streets in Dublin, mate. He crossed the road, mate. He was scared. Uh, we'll, get to, we'll get into a little bit of ruggers, eh? Why not? But um, big win over Munster. Rival? Are they even rivals anymore? I mean, you guys are, are smashing them constantly now. But how, how was that in front of 50,000? Uh, no, it's always... It's, always, it's a massive rivalry um, with us and Munster. Uh, there's a lot of pride every time we play them, you know, it's always hard fought and it's, uh, it was obviously a really tough game for me to come back in from, uh, I was out for three weeks with my knee, so um, I was blowing pretty heavy, but it's, um, it is like, it's, it's tit for tat pretty much all the time, you know. And how, how is the, uh, the tank after coming back from injury? You, uh, you got a bit left to go for Wasps this weekend? Ah, yeah, yeah. It, I did a lot of conditioning on my time off. I was able to run pretty much a week into my injury it was just kind of my knee it was straight line stuff so I was doing a lot of conditioning just to try and um, hit the ground running because the boys were tipping away and, and there's such quality in the squad now you you can't be coming back in and trying to chase your tail and train and, and bring it into games you want to kind of as I said hit the ground running and just be ready to play the game that we want to play How have you guys evolved or what have the coaches said to you guys obviously winning the double last season I've been in the team that's done that as well and it's Thank difficult you. to raise them standards every season but what's Leo and what's Lancaster said you know have they set out this season about where they want to go forward as a club how you evolve Yeah like a big thing is that you don't you, you can't rest on last season's laurels and we want to be a team that kind of there's almost a bullseye on our back and and I think we have the squads to do that and it's just about pushing on and there's obviously things that we need to improve on from last season and a few things that we've probably let slip this season that with every game we can always improve so it's just those small margins and, and players taking a lot of ownership as well because there is quality in the squad. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't just come from the coaches, but the coaches are absolutely brilliant with all their minor details, but a lot of it has to be player-driven as well for, for that kind of competition. And, and you talk about the competition, there is absolute quality in depth throughout the squad. Obviously, in your position, uh, you share a bit of time with uh, Kean Healy, with both Leinster and Ireland, actually. How's um, your, your good mates? Is there a bit of rivalry there? Is there a bit of banter going on week in, week out about who's top dog? Yeah, um, no, it's like I suppose because we've been doing it for the last couple of years, it's, we're kind of used to it now at this stage, but I think both of us being competitive, we push each other to be better. So uh, whenever one guy do, does something, the other guy wants to kind of prove that he can do it as well. So um, we do have a good tandem with regard to that. And Keane's been playing excellent since uh, last year and, and started this year. So it's up to me to try and push him out of that uh, one position. But for me, it's to do it for the team. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just, I want to be number one and, and that's it. You have to... Sometimes, you know, you have to work on things and like realise that the guy in front of you is playing well and, and you have to improve to, to get in front of him. And then just talking about that, in, in, in terms of the, the rotation, the, the ability to have quality players in two or three deep in each position, you're obviously heavily involved in the Ireland squad as well and Leinster and you get rest weekends in the Pro 14. Um, do you look at the boys in the Premiership and just think, geez, how do they slog it out week in, week out off the back of international Champions Cup games when you boys get pretty well looked after, don't you, over in Ireland? Yeah, it is. Um, sometimes you you would be wondering, lads, playing week in week out. It, it it must be tough, but they're they're probably pretty much used to it now, you know. And I know there was kind of a, a bit of chat last year about kind of some of the guys in the Premiership saying that they were playing too much. And yeah, we're we are we're we're pretty well looked after because of the structure of the season. And um, there are some games that we can we know we could play four weeks in a row, and then we have a week off or a couple of days off or a game off so we are sort of blessed like that but yeah it's a tricky one um, I don't know what way it's going to go in the future but it's tough to have to slog it out every week but yeah I don't know uh, what do you like what's your sort of thoughts on it is it, is it 
something that's kind of cropping up on your side. Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, you look at the the guys, like take this weekend, you know, some of your guys got arrested and they Saxton didn't play and, you know, he got arrested at the start of the season. Farrell's been going balls out since the start of the Premiership season and that's that's the nature of the beast, right? You guys are contracted to the Irish Rugby Union as well, so it's all focused around international rugby and the big games for Leinster. So, for me, it can't carry on in the Premiership the way it is with them having to play that, as many games as they do, but we look on and as an ex-player, now I look on at you guys, how you managed with absolute envy because uh, you, the more weeks off you get, the fresher you'll be for the bigger games. Yeah, absolutely. And lads, don't get me wrong, lads want to play games and there are kind of big games that guys have to miss because like I'm sure Sexo would have wanted to play this weekend and it just so happened that he had played three or four games leading up to it and like he'd be delighted with that run of games because he's kind of been struggling a bit just with injuries like over the like it's well documented but like he's had a great run of it and I'm sure he wanted to play and, and there's plenty of guys that missed out as well like, like not singling sex though out like everyone wants to play every week but you do sometimes the body sort of tells you that you might need a couple of days off and just more mentally than physically you know Yeah, You mentioned Johnny Sexton there and there's been a lot of talk about him so we may as well bring it up about Ross Moriarty's comments saying that he gets protected too much by the referees was that spoken about? Did you hear about that? Did anyone give John any, any banter? Do you believe it? I actually didn't hear that to be honest um, no, he's like Sexto is one of the, the bravest fellas that you'll ever meet, and he puts his body on the line week in, week out, and like that's why he's our captain. That's why he's our, like the guy that we turn to. And to say that he's protected, I think that's uh, bollocks. To be honest, yes. I don't know. <laughs> like he he goes hard every week, and it, there's nothing. He's no holds barred any time training games. Like he plays hard lads following behind them so um, I don't think that's a true statement to be honest Jack I could listen to you all day mate let's let's keep him on here a while right let's talk about Ireland let's talk about Ireland now because last year you guys had a, a, a Grand Slam series win against Australia obviously a little bit about Joe Smith what he's like and now it's, you're talking very candidly have you ever met his cats please tell us because everyone's in denial who we it's what it's cats it's cats he's got 20 the cats mate, don't hey don't <laughs> sound so, yeah he has um but what's it like playing for smith i mean we're big fans of him here we spoke a lot about it last season yeah like he's he's in fairness he's unbelievable and I'm, i've been lucky enough to have, have him as my coach leinster from when i was 20 all the way up now so i, I pretty much know what he wants from me as a player and and wants from us as a as a team, he's just one of the most sort of dedicated coaches I've ever seen, down to the smallest minute detail. And he just wants to get the best out of every player, and guys want to play for him. And you just you know if he's saying it's this is what you need to do, that's what you need to do because he he knows the game inside out and. Yeah, he's he's a great coach to be under. And then talking about obviously Ireland, you, you were part of the Lions tour last year as well. Um, we have Joe Myler on the podcast every now and again. Uh, he told us a few stories about Rory Best's antics and George Cruz losing at credit card roulette. Um, I know you were involved in all the tests, but that nearly you... killed Cruz. All in fairness, he's, he, he's a bit tight. <laughs> oh, no, he's, not, he's skint, mate. He's skint. I took all his money, mate, when we were at Surrey. Oh, so Willie knows. He didn't have any money. Um, you got any good stories from the tour, and uh, how much did you enjoy it? Um, oh, it was brilliant, unbelievable tour. Like kind of going over. Um, and and you're you're going over to train and play with guys that you almost look up to when you're playing against them in in Six Nations and Europe, and you don't know what they're going to be like. Are they are they going to be dickheads? Are they going to Joe be Marla, sound? like Joe Marla? No, so. no, no sound. Like to be honest, there was no there was no dickheads on the tour, and it was um, that's why why we were so successful. It was everyone bought into the to the crack, and and just sort of there was never any cliques like. English, Irish, Welsh, Scottish, stuck oh, together. There was a few Scots. Was there any Scots there, was there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> a few, yeah. <laughs> the token, the token. Well. <laughs> I was over there. I was yeah. hoping I'd get yeah. a call-up, mate. The geographical ones were there. Um, and then, obviously, you saw the news last week about uh, Joe Marler retiring from international rugby. Bit of a surprise for you? Yeah, it was. But um, I, I actually listened to the interview with him and, um, on your on your show and it was like fair play to him it's that's a ridiculously tough call to make but it was the right call for him and I don't think anyone else saying anything that it was the wrong decision it's his, it's his decision and 
he's he's made it and and fair play to him and I gave him a text and and said like fair play it's it's a very hard thing to do especially with the year coming up and all that sort of crack but he's he's backed his decision and you have to respect him for that and and fair play to him I say and so obviously you're a massive fan of the podcast I know you listen to it without fail every week we had George. <laughs> Push you to sleep. That's Jim's bedtime stories on Patreon.com. Um, we had John Cooney on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're talking to him about mental health. Um, you've spoken recently about the launch of Mindset, the new global mental health and well-being uh, awareness and education resource for world rugby. How important is that um, to you as a player currently, and also to spread the word around just anyone involved in rugby whatsoever? Yeah, it's absolutely huge. It's been like a, a tough road, sort of with with things that happened to me and. By me being able to open up about my feelings and, and things like that, it just helped me as a person and helped me as a player just being able to kind of be aware to sort of take criticism because sometimes if you, it was nearly like I was taking criticism and I was taking it to heart and, and I wasn't constructive criticism. I was almost taking that as a, a personal attack. And now since I've sort of got a little bit older and, and gotten to know my sort of, sort of mental health a little bit more, I, I feel more comfortable with being able to take that sort of stuff on, on, on board, you know. And so what are Mindset actually doing? Do they have seminars that are going on? Is, is there a number that the players use that the players ring? So I was just thinking that, you know, we were joking that the, you know, all you Leinster boys listen, but if there are, are any of the guys that are struggling or need someone to speak to, what have Mindset done in, in terms of a platform for guys to be able to, and women, to be able to go and speak to? Yeah, so um, the one thing that was advised when I was speaking to one of the guys that was um, involved in it, he was saying that, like, guys are going to have to be trained in to sort of, just be aware of if guys are feeling a little bit low in training because you know yourself with playing, like you have a bad game, you have a bad training session, something's not going right at home and it can all build up fairly, fairly, fairly quick and it's just guys being able to sort of pick up on, on stuff like that and saying, all right, well, this fella's not feeling great and, and maybe put, putting them in the direction or saying it to like a physio or saying it to the, to the doc and just more so looking out for each other. Like you're not, you're not ratting people out by saying this. It's just like, I've noticed he's kind of been a little bit down for a while. Like, could you maybe have a word in his ear? Because they'd be the guys who'd be trained in to sort of put an arm around them and, and um, see if they're okay. And if they if they weren't, be able to put them in the right direction uh, to speak to somebody. But, like, it's still in its infancy stage now. But um, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, mate, I completely agree. Um, and it's brilliant that you're getting involved with things like that. Um, just on a lighter note, one of my favourite things about you uh, when I watch you play is the moustache. Is that still, are you still rocking the tash or is it growing into Big a time. beard? Yeah, mate, yeah. I love it, honestly. Yeah. The slug on the top lip's amazing. Yeah, I get a bit of abuse, but I just think lads are jealous. <laughs> do you know what, um, I, th- do you know what I think would look great with that? Go on. Big Dev. Devon Toner. Devon Toner, get him to front that moustache. He'd look great, he really would. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Good luck for the Champions Cup and uh, and for the rest of the Pro 14 as well. Cheers, lads. Not too Good much luck. luck. Not too much luck this weekend though against the mighty Wasps. Come on, Wasps, Wasps, Wasps. wasps. <laughs> Cheers, Jack. Thanks, mate. What could, a good man. Could listen to him all day. Yeah. I don't know what it like. Usually, your props. It's like take your teeth out, put your teeth back in. Right, take your teeth out, put your teeth back in. Right, get a bite. All right, lads. Remember when the, the, the scrum went down? I'm talking about Joe Marler here, aren't I? <laughs> remember when that scrum went down? Got up, got up, pushed. Yeah, and like you know, he went back and one step, two, three, three, four, four, five step. How smart did he sound? He was so candid. I could listen to him all yeah. day. Well, you can also see the Irish accent. Why it works so well in America? The Irish boys go over there. And go, hey, how you doing, boss? Yeah, I felt a bit like that as well. Uh, a bit tingly. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's nodding. Everyone in the studio is <laughs> nodding as well. I don't know what. Yeah, it but was. great bloke. And obviously, what he's doing with mindset. You know, obviously, he's been through something that no one can comprehend no. uh, and it's you know the more everyone talks about their feelings the more people talk about you know put your hand in the air and say I need some help or if you think your mate's down there's no harm in just asking someone are they okay um, I think it's brilliant and the more people that do that boys, men, women, girls absolutely anyone um, helps everyone out yeah so I think we give a big shout out to Mindset as well should we have a look and see what rumours are floating around at the moment you guys got anything? I heard a big one go on yeah, go I heard on. a big one today Sia Khaleesi the pronunciation right one of my favourite players currently I'm sure if we knew each other we'd be good friends to Saracens or Wasps I can't see Wasps signing him Saris why won't Wasps sign 
I think of the South African connection. Well, I was going to say, Nizam, I was going to say, <laughs> I was literally about Nizam to say, Carl, is Vinny there LaRue? a South African connection, mate? They're going bust, that's Wonder why. Him. What's going bust, that's why. <laughs> Jim, you're an absolute tool. You know, we're doing a dinner at the Rico Arena. Oh, it's a lunch, actually. Well, that's why they're going bust, In, in December. That's why they're going bust. Got to be bus. careful, mate. It'd be great to see someone of that quality come to the Prem. I don't think, I don't think, Cup, I don't think he leaves South Africa. Yeah, he's too, he's too big a... He's now just been named captain. Icon. He's an icon there. You don't want to see your captain post-World Cup leave. You, you want to make him someone that you hang your hat on. And we've seen what has happened, making him captain and, uh, you know, the first black captain. Uh, and it's uniting a nation that... Look at the uptake since Erasmus has taken over, since Khaleesi's been captain. And Sabeth has come back. <laughs> beating the All Blacks away from home and should have beaten them at home. And whitewashed England in the summer. It was 2-1, Jim, you <laughs> absolute tool. But yeah, no, I can't see uh, him. How good is he, though? He's brilliant. i tell you what I love. The passion in which he sings the national anthem, I, it actually moves me. Mm. I'm looking at it, and I'm an emotional guy. I've got four kids who I love very much and love spending time with, and <laughs> can't wait to get home to them tonight. You haven't spent any time with them in years. I am in an emotional turmoil, so if I watch him singing the anthem now... I'll probably be crying, but seriously, I watch him sing that anthem, and you talk. And I think there was something recently on social media about what it meant to play for South Africa and what the players think about. I love that kind kind of insight because when I used to think Flower of Scotland, I was just thinking, "You're thinking I'm English till I die. <laughs> I'm English till I die. I'm you thinking, know I am. I'm sure I am. I'm English till I die. I'm thinking about my forefathers, Goody, in the you Scotland weren't. mountains in the Highlands, protecting. <laughs> Jim. What was that wall called? Hadrian's Wall. Protecting Hadrian's Wall. You're thinking and about I was why, thinking about that. Why wasn't I good enough to play for England? But I love his passion. He's what, I'd say he's my favourite player at the minute. Uh, I've got a big rumour, actually. It best be good. It's, it's pretty chunky. Go on, then. Manu Tuolangi to Leon. Ooh. And Leon have got Euros. I can see Manu leaving. Said it. Manu's out of contract at the end of the year. And I'm hearing that Leicester, obviously, they want to keep him. Talking about offering him a testimonial to try and smooth that over the difference in what Leon can offer. And Leicester are going to offer him less than what he's getting paid now, do you think? I don't Well, I don't know. I think they will do. They yeah. haven't got value for money. No, they haven't got value for money. But in terms of renegotiating his contract now, is he worth what you... I mean, what was he getting, 450? You know, is he a 450 player? When he's fit, he is. Yeah. And I I'm, I think he will get back fit. So I don't think it's like one of them where it's like, like how is he 450? I don't mm. think it's even at that stage now because... Guys like Henry Slade, for example, who's a very good player, who's a class player. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of money that he's talking about there. He's quality Slade. I love Henry Slade. Owen Williams at Gloucester. Apparently he's on that type of he's money. On, he's on big money there and but he's the, on the bench. Slade's re-signed as well for the Chiefs until 2021, isn't he? Yeah. Cash money and Jack Noll. And Jack Noll. I, I like Slade a lot. Goody's a much bigger fan than me of Slade. Oh, I love him. In what position? There you go. 12 or 13. No, go, no, no. I like, you I like, don't know. I'm allowed to think about it. No, come on. 12 or 13. What, internationally? Yeah. Okay. I, I think England need to have a think now. And, you know, if you, Eddie Jones has openly stated that Owen Farrell's a 10. So he's picking two 10s in the squad. He's picked George Ford and we bang on about it and Owen Farrell. But I actually said, if I had a mortgage, I'd put it on it that if he was picking a team tomorrow to play the All Blacks, Owen Farrell starts at 12. But if you consider Owen Farrell's a 10, you've got to look at other options. So, Lozowski plays 12 for Saris at the weekend. Henry Slade is a proper good ball player uh, as, as a 12 or a 13. Um, I'd, I'd have Slade in my team every day of the week. I'd go for Trinder, said it. So, um, let's have a look at some social media questions. But first, um, we've got our very own superfan in here with with a question yeah. to, to ask the lads. Uh, well, I've got a question to ask him first, if that's okay. Bring him okay, in. Okay, come over here. What's have, your name? Have, have Where'd a you seat. come from? Take my seat. Yeah, take, take the yeah, seat. Get rid of the weird fish. What's your name? Where'd you come from? I'm Lewis and I come from Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire? Sarri's fan. Must Sarri's be a Sarri's fan. fan. Newcastle. Yes, Newcastle. Go on the tune. Um, so Obviously, because I play for Newcastle, that's why. Well, Super man. fan. Yeah, well, I play for Sarri's and we were unbelievable. Um, I'm going to ask you a question first. Yep. So the. Patreon, and yep. that's why you're in here because you're a super fan and you download the Patreon. Yep. You're welcome. My bedtime story came out last week. Was yeah. It? Yeah, he knows. Uh, favourite part of it? Was, do you enjoy that? What's your favourite bit so far of the Patreon content? Um, Goody's oh. breakfast. <laughs> Goody's big <laughs> breakfast with Wayne Barnes. Okay, right, get him out. Get him out. <laughs> Go on then, what you got for us? Ask us a question. Um, so, did you have any pre match superstitions? Like when I was playing, I couldn't play on the white ring because every time I did, I got injured. Hold on, you were a winger? Winger, centre, flanker, second row. Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh, one of those, is he? You were that good, you could play anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> superstitions. What, so you couldn't play on the right wing because you kept getting injured on the right wing? Yeah. Why don't you just go on the left wing? Why would you go from the right wing to the second row? 
You're going to get more injured in the second row, no I doubt. didn't, actually. Oh, really? No. Well, you didn't do it properly, did he? You <laughs> just bend over and push. Any superstitions? You would have had a few, oh, my, I had too many to mention. So put the gloves on, put the Vaseline on the back of the head, get that all there, <laughs> super glue the top down so that doesn't come on. <laughs> uh, no, it started the night before, had the same meal the night before a game, uh, then I had the <laughs> same pre-match meal. Or you meal. can eat Chinese buffet the <laughs> night before. Then I had the same pre-match meal before every game, bacon sandwich. A pint of Guinness. Pint of Guinness and a bacon sandwich. Um, right boot on before my left boot, all, all that crap. Last out the changing room, wouldn't put my shirt on until I saw the pitch. I had to walk out with my belly hanging out. That's why I bought the Under Armour, the red Under Armour underneath. Breathe in, put the shirt on when you see the pitch. Belly superstition. And the Is reason it- I did the the shirt on when I could see the pitch, because and it's superstitions are mental. If you have a bad game, you think, oh, it's because I didn't do that, do this, do that, and you find a reason. If you have a good game, you think, oh, I had a good game because I did that. And I, I remember one game, I was at Leicester, and I had to get my ankle strapped after the warm-up. And you know it's really quick. When you come in from the warm-up, yeah. like, you have a few words with the, the players and all this stuff, and everyone's getting ready. And I was like, fuck, I need my ankle strap. My ankle is killing me. So went into the physio, sunk some painkillers, got him to strap the ankle up, and the boys are going out for the game as I'm still getting my ankle strapped. Ref calls you, they're all gone. I'm like that, I've got, I'm on the physio bed, belly's hanging out everywhere. <laughs> I haven't even got my boot on. The, the blob. <laughs> the physio's touching my feet, tickling my toes, wrapping, strapping my ankle, and eventually got the boot back on, legged it out, and the physio lobs my shirt at me. He goes, stick that on. And I did it. You remember the, you know the steps at Welford Road? I put yeah. my shirt on as I'm trying to get down the steps. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's on the field already. <laughs> I had an absolute stormer. And I put it down to the fact that I didn't put my shirt on until I saw the pitch. Oh, really? So from that point on, every game I was like, yeah, you've got to put your shirt on. Paul Lynch style. Yeah, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, Paul Lintz, mate. Yeah, so there we go. That was my superstition. Me? No superstition. Just get out. Nothing. Just got out there and performed. That was it. That was <laughs> my mindset. Last two minutes of every match. Right, can we get this super fan out, please? Um, yeah, but... No superstition. Zero, mate. Why were, so- why were your socks down all the time? Just get out there and smash people. Mate, I... The funniest thing was about the socks. So basically, we had a, a Scotland kit. I can't remember who the sponsor was. Canterbury. Canterbury brought out these socks that were really tight. And I know I used to get a lot of shit about my cast, but, I mean, the circumference of mine are very big. I couldn't get them up. Mate, you've got chicken legs. Couldn't get them up, so I left them down one game. And See, I saw... I've seen more meat on a chicken bone that I've well, gnawed for about four hours mate, on a Sunday after having a roast. Well, tell me why the socks couldn't come up, mate. <laughs> so, basically, didn't put the socks up because so I couldn't get them up. And then I saw a picture of myself playing i was like oh my god i look fucking amazing i mean i've never spoken to anyone so deluded in all my life <laughs> so i never pulled them up again no, no. Just, but you know, seriously i just used to rock up and just do the fucking business <laughs> simple as that for saracen's a team on a monday night brilliant right super fan cheers for that mate <laughs> will minton has given us a tweet marco vernopola joe Maller, and dan cole oh snog mary avoid well i definitely would not Snog Joe Marler, tell the breath on him that. <laughs> Jim, you're horrible. How bad? How bad's his breath? Snog, marry, avoid. Have you smelled his breath? You'd rather snog Mako. Well, what, what are you saying about Mako? Tickle his ear, tickle his earlobes. Mate, I th- he's got the worst ears I've ever seen, Well, he? mate, you put your body in there, that's what happens to us. But he's, yeah. I'd marry Dan Cole. No, Apparently, I'd... he's a multi-multi-millionaire. I'd, I was going to say I'd marry Joe Marler. Why? Because obviously he doesn't need to play for England for the cash. He's obviously got loads of cash, and no. I've, I've seen his house and I've seen his garden and the land he's got. So you you know you marry that. And let so him... Mako gets neither. He's a family man. Joe Marler's a family man, opposite to you, Jim. Uh, he's given up international rugby because he wants to spend more time with his family. I feel awful at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd marry Joe Marler. I'd snog Dan Cole. I'd snog Dan Cole because then if he told anyone, I'd sue him, and then I'd try and get him to do me like a thing under the table where he basically, basically gives me a mill for not saying anything and then I'd avoid Mako because right. he'd chew the life out of you wouldn't he let's finish things off with the good the bad and the ugly which is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler this week designing your own custom smugglers is their big thing at the moment and they do women's as well as men's they're ideal for on the pitch as well as hitting the showers and the ice baths afterwards and the minimum order is only one pair so you can get yourself a pair or you can kit out the whole team and send a photo into the pod either way get yourself onto budgiesmuggleruk.com and pick up a pair Pick up a pair of budgies. I go on holiday next week. I've got some to wear in Dubai. Please, please send some photos. Plenty of good this week. Uh, we'll start off at the Rico Arena, and it's not Wasps. Gloucester, we've given them a bit of stick on here over time, and, and we said last week they flattered to deceive, should have been in Quinns, but they were pretty impressive at the Rico Arena, especially a young Daniel Cipriani. Currently, for me, England's best 10. At times, he was a different gravy, so tip of the hat to Gloucester, beating Wasps 35-21. 
Big Vili Bonapola, 28 carries, scored the winning try. Brilliant try celebration. Loved his try celebration, just copying what Danny Kerr did. Uh, but the biggest thing about Billy was his honesty. When he's gone to score a try in the first half, I think it was, dived over a ruck with the ball. The referee's thinking, right, I need to go to the TMO. He's just said to the ref, actually, you don't need to go to the TMO. I've knocked it on. Billy was very honest after the game as well. You see his interview. He thanked the Lord Jesus Christ for his performance, but also apologised to the Lord Jesus Christ because he was going out the evening after to drink copious amounts of alcohol. I thought he doesn't drink, Billy. Well, he probably does again now. Um, Connacht. Let's go to the Pro 14. Connacht. They feature in the good this week. Their first win in Belfast since 1960, beating Ulster 22-15. Uh, let's head over to France, shall we? Lyon, uh, winning at Racing Stade Francais, winning away at the Champions Cast. Not many people go to cast and win, so big victories to them. Exeter, six from six. They look comfortable on Friday night down at Bath. Didn't play that well, but likes of Don Armand, ripping it up again. Not good enough for England, though, is he? No, he's not. No. Eddie, are you okay? No, um, Bit of uh, rugby championship. Australian comeback. They were getting hosed at halftime. Chica lost the plot in the changing rooms. 38 points in the second half to bounce back and win uh, against the IGs. Czech has gone mad at halftime. The video footage is unbelievable. He was getting sacked. He was definitely... His job was on the line then. And My kids are in ed- private education for oh no, the next he's, two years, he's please. Got, he's got cash money, so I don't think that bothers him. No. Um, but that hell of a comeback. They obviously, the game, New Zealand against South Africa, was phenomenal to watch. Uh, it's the Rugby Championship at its best there. And then referees. We talk about refs. Sometimes we give them a bit of stick. So two bits of referee I want to speak about. Firstly, Christoph Ridley, referee in Bath against Exeter Friday night. I thought he had a cracking game. Really clear and concise. And people don't often talk about referees. Is he the young lad? Yeah. Well, he's, he used to play a bit as well. All right. Loughborough Uni. Really? Yeah. All he used right. to dominate the student union there, apparently. Oh, good lad. Or so catch pole says at, at Leicester. Um, great game, refereeing, and, and people don't often talk about that. I thought he was really Bad good. And then JP Doyle. Did you see him at Twickenham? Northampton driver, I think it was like a line-out drive or a picking game. Oh, I've seen it on social. He goes and sticks his head right in there. Oh, to he see wants it. it. He, he just wants a bit of, he wants a shout-out on the pod. He said, yeah. if I do something crazy, I'll get on the podcast. So, JP Doyle, brilliant referee, first clear-out ever he's made, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, good on him for that. And then there's another bit of good news, actually, and I quite like this, because it's we talk a lot about the pro game. I'm going to go to Obi Wiggs RFC. We've been there a few times, haven't we, Jim? Obi Wiggs. Yeah. Used to train there, the Leicester training ground. They had a player at the weekend break their ankle playing against Kettering Rugby Club. Kettering decided to do a whip round after the game uh, and gave 200 quid to the player who broke his ankle and the club. Um, that's what rugby's all about, that sort of thing. Um, so a big shout out to Kettering Rugby Club. But the good this week, it's always about my old clubs. And we've bagged Worcester at times. This week, the good is going to Worcester Warriors. Dominating Bristol. Bristol's 52-7. Uh, it's been a great week for them. New owners, uh, new cash injection, and then their biggest ever premiership victory. They were scintillating. Area of goody. On Sunday. Jim's tipped them for relegation. Jim, they're pushing the top six. So what do you know? Worcester Warriors get the good. Area Bad. few bad bits this weekend. Argentina's second half performance. Um, I commentated on the worst game I've ever commentated on the weekend. Toulouse against Agen. The pitch was shocking. The game was even worse. Um, Newcastle bottomed the premiership. 16 penalties given away against Sale. Dean Richards wasn't happy. No, he can't be happy. Losing his head. Bristol's shipping 50 points. Huge dent in their confidence. The next three games, Exeter at home, Wasps away, and Tigers at home. Going to be tough for the Bristols. Yeah. Stuart Olding's red card for the tip tackle uh, wasn't great. Sam Simmons announcing that they've got a serious knee injury. Um, I'm going to go to the RFU for the bad. Oh, what have they done now? The RFU, they've not behaved very nicely. All right. So, Bedford had 14 players went down with the sickness bug, and they tried to ask the RFU, can we delay the game? Can we postpone it? So they were play, supposed to play against London Scottish. They asked the RFU, can we get special dispensation to postpone the game? We're struggling to put a team together, a squad together. We've got loads of injuries, sickness, a massive bug's gone through the, the group. And a couple of weeks before, the RFU had allowed London Irish to postpone a game because they couldn't get any hotels. Sleep on the bus, lads. Right. Um, so the RFU it set a precedent in saying, actually, you know, in, in hard circumstances, we will cancel a game. Bedford asked them nicely. Player welfare should be at the forefront of everyone's mind. Um, the RFU said, no, you've got a player. And they went to London Scottish and lost. You mentioned them two words, player welfare. And then you said three words. Then. Player welfare. Very, Very important. important. Yeah. Um, so the RFU, I think they've let Bedford down. There was a, a letter that came out from the Bedford chairman. Um, so for me, this week, 
they are a few get the bad. They are. Uh, the ugly. What's well, two bits of ugly uh, this weekend? Uh, first of all, Marlon Yard's injury. Uh, that looked particularly ugly. Serious knee injury, so he's out for quite some time. But the ugliest thing I can think of this weekend, we're going down the leagues. We're going Alpha. back. We're going, we're going back to the grassroots. And London Welsh played against Old Streetonians on Hackney Marshes on Saturday. Old what? Oh. Old piss. Old who? Piss Old Streetonians. Jim, tell me what the score was. <laughs> To what, you want me to hazard a guess? Hazard a guess at what the score was. Was it in favour of London Welsh or Old Pisspot? I can't tell you. Orleans? Just have a guess at what the scoreline was. I'm going to say it was... I, I can't imagine the pitch was a well-tracked surface, so I'm going to go 3 all. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Okay, I was close. <laughs> the game finished nil-nil. Classic. So the ugly this week goes to London Welsh and Old Streetonians for their game on Hackney Marshes, finishing nil-nil. I've never known a game to finish nil-nil ever. No, I haven't, no. That is ugly. Rugby's all about ATAC. Thank you very much, Goody. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and thanks to all of you who have signed up for our new Superfans monthly subscription service as well. There's still time to get involved, so check out patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod for all the details if you're interested in getting extra content every month and being in with the chance to come into the studio and join us for a beer and watch the show being recorded. Rugby pod. I love my wife and kids. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.